listening to SKUcast, the podcast for entrepreneurs in the promotional products industry. SKUcast shines a light on our industry's best work, features maverick personalities, and discusses what's really involved in running a modern promotional products business. SKUcast is the official podcast of Common SKU. Amazon's on-demand manufacturing patent sounding the death knell for apparel manufacturers. Amazon's next on-demand service is something you have to see. Apparel 2.0, here comes on-demand manufacturing. Those are titles taken directly from the news headlines this week. Is this newest venture by Amazon a threat to the industry, an opportunity, or neither? I'm Bobby Lehue, and joining me today, Mark Graham, our Chief Platform Officer, and Sam Cates, our Vice President of Sales, as we discuss this Amazonian foray into fashion. I begin today's episode by reading directly from the patent. Once various textile products are printed, cut, and assembled according to the orders, they can be processed through a quality check, photographed for placement in an electronic commerce system, shipped to customers and or stored in a materials handling facility for order fulfillment. By aggregating orders from various geographic locations and coordinating apparel assembly processes on a large scale, the embodiments provide new ways to increase efficiency in apparel manufacturing. That is a direct quote from the patent that Amazon has on on-demand apparel. Now, let me read you a quote from the Forbes article. What Forbes said was that this is, and I quote, a warning shot across the bow of the entire fashion industry and its established infrastructure. Let's face it, there are terrible inefficiencies in the way clothing is made and retailed. Every piece has to be manufactured in a range of sizes, and the fashion industry works on a seasonal schedule presenting, at minimum, two to four new collections each year. I'm still quoting from the article, but I, I want to ask you to, to think of this and, and in light of our industry and some of the same processes. And I quote again, orders need to be placed months before items hit the shelves and then what sells and what doesn't is completely at the whim of the customer. If a style is hot, reorders can take months and by the time another round hits the store, the customer may well have moved on, end quote. Question, we'll start with you, Mark. Does this move from Amazon represent a threat to our industry? And if it's not a direct threat, is there an implied threat? You know, I, I actually see this as an interesting opportunity. Now, I might be coming at this from a distributor background, given that I have not been a supplier. But here's why I say I think it's an opportunity. Um, I have had a lot of experience in purchasing stock clothing as well as manufacturing custom clothing over the last, you know, decade and a half with my experience at right sleeve mm -hmm. and it's always been a pretty challenging process i mean if stock is on the shelf that's fantastic if stock is not on the shelf it's usually a total gong show and then if you're trying to import something from china then it's usually about six months for custom clothing um, or it can be as high as six months so the bottom line is from a distributor perspective when i think about the apparel manufacturing process and supply chain it feels to me like a fairly inefficient process and one that can really stick the distributor with with a whole lot of problems. And so the way the reason I see this as an opportunity that if Amazon is able to introduce this innovation, it may be an innovation that then trickles down throughout the entire manufacturing process in the apparel industry which would then speed up the ability for distributors to have their clothing products. And if you look at innovations like the 24-hour sureship that leads brought to the table like anything that allows for a supplier to have better stock better turn times faster production is generally a good thing for a distributor 
So that that's really what I had immediately thought of. I certainly didn't think about Amazon coming in and selling direct to end clients uh, because they were going to offer a better a, a better experience. That that may very well happen, but I see this as an innovation in the apparel space and something that's going to be an opportunity or potentially a huge disruption to those people on the supply side, not on the distributor side. But I'm curious to get Sam's perspective because Sam, you have spent many years on the supply <laughs> side before you came over to Common Skew. And, and I think that you see this as potentially a little bit more ominous. Uh, what say you? Yeah, I mean, I, I had the opportunity to um, work directly with Amazon um, and uh, visit with their offices a number of times and uh, promote an apparel line with them. And I found it to be a, um, a very interesting experience because it was, uh, they were very awing, you know, being in their offices and just the magnitude of seeing something that you only go to online and then seeing it in real life. Um, and how many people work there and how many diverse roles there are, especially in the products that our industry touches. Um, and also how knowledgeable they are about what we're doing. That was the other thing that I found to be fascinating. Um, and they're very upfront and they would sit in meetings with us and say, you know, our plan is to enter the apparel industry and the enter the imprinted apparel industry. And this was, you know, two years ago. And so here they are. Um, and I found that to be sort of a threat. Um, I, I, I agree with you, Mark, that we live in this Amazon world now. And so they push businesses to do things faster and better and more efficiently and to look at our operations and, and how do we streamline, how do we get products done faster? And so that 24 hour surership or the, um, you know, better online shopping experience, you know, that's what's pushed our supply chain to do things faster and better as well in order to compete. Um, suppliers having to get things, you know, having free freight and having to get um, products out the door going from two weeks to 10 days to three days to now same day. Um, that is all as a result of what the customer is demanding because Amazon is pushing us to that. So there is an opportunity that we can step up and look at what Amazon is doing and say, how do we integrate that into the processes that we're doing? But uh, I think it's going to take a toll. I think certainly in the fundraising world, in the you know band and concert kind of t-shirt, um, you know, organizations that can't afford to keep products on the shelf or buy up inventory or maybe build out e-commerce programs with distributorships are going to be attracted to the Amazon process because they're going to have the flexibility that they want. They're going to keep their cash flows, uh, you know, together and, 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 you know, not have to worry about spending money in products that don't sell. And, and so I think that is, that will be sort of the first kinds of industries that will be affected. Um, the same types of people that are shopping at, you know, Custom Ink or Teespring or that kind of thing, I think will be attracted to this. I don't think it will be a widespread industry disruptor just yet, but knowing what I do about them and watching how they work and understanding that world domination is actually on their agenda, um, I do feel that it is a, a bigger threat long term. I was initially thinking that, well, we already have fast turn apparel companies in the industry. I mean, you have folks like Trimark and Leeds that are producing in very short, small quantities and very fast turn times. And so there is already a fast reply in this industry. However, the cut and sew fast response is probably the, the area where they, would, they could easily target. I mean, this, the just-in-time aspect is what they're trying to target with fashion. So 
just in time is really what they can get out of this. What kind of impact do you think, let's say that this is not a direct threat to the industry. Let's say that Amazon can't ever quite get to where nor would want to get to the imprinting aspect and then do complete cut and sew imprinting short turn times, short quantities, and it's not a direct threat. Is there an implied threat because they enter this space and because they do start changing processes and procedures and because they start changing the minds of the buyers? Is there a subtle threat or a shift in the way our customers start buying? I think that the answer to that is absolutely yes. I, I think that there's this like we all know this in our personal lives. If you if you take the fact that we're in this industry and you just um, separate us from the fact that we're in this industry, you think about our activities on Amazon as consumers. Like each of us love the site. I mean, it's a great site uh, in terms of how they have uh, trained us to. Um, interact with e-commerce and their customer service is great. The products arrive when they uh, when 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 they promise. Um, the prices are good, and so I think that there's this feeling that if Amazon was able to offer that the same kind of slick, amazing experience that they do in. Uh, B2C e-commerce, if they were able to offer that in B2B customizable wholesale uh, e-commerce, which is the space that we all play in as distributors and suppliers, um, then, then I think that that's what distributors are particularly worried about. Um, up until now, Amazon has not been a player of any note in the B2B e-commerce promotional product space. Um, right. right now, the, 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 the clear leader in e-commerce is for imprint. Um, they're the absolute undisputable masters of e-commerce when it comes to the transactional, um, at a logo, uh, wholesale price, volume, good customer service, that, that experience. Um, Amazon is not a player in that space. Um, if they're able to figure it out, I actually think uh, for imprint is really the company that is likely quaking in their boots when they think about that what Amazon could do to their business because of the scale of their operation. Um, I think, just to, to finish this point off, that uh, that non-e-commerce based distributors, distributors that are adding value outside of just the transaction, they're, the, I would suspect they're probably as scared of Amazon as they are of imprint, or for imprint today, which is probably not a ton because they're getting their business through sources other than just selling on price and commodity. We're all comfortable with Amazon. Um, you know, they, the future generation is going to be way more comfortable. I mean, I joke that my kids think that Amazon equals shopping. Um, it's like a verb in our house. And so when anything is needed in our house, we either use Prime now and get it in an hour if it's something we need quickly, or we wait a day and get it direct, you know, straight from Amazon. And so it's our go-to. Um, and so if they can figure out the space, those same kids today that have grown up in the Amazon shopping world and where shopping equals Amazon are going to have be the marketing coordinators and VPs of marketing and purchasing directors tomorrow. And so they're already comfortable. They're already registered. They already have an account. Um, all Amazon needs to really do is flip that switch and, and focus their efforts and their platform in a, a B2B space. And they, there's a captive audience that's ready and willing and able and trusting of them to do it. Um, but I, I, I see opportunity. I mean, I'm not all doom and gloom. I, 
I love Amazon too. And I, I think that's great. And Amazon has an interesting platform that they allow other people to come on and, and resell your products on their platform. So they're saying, sure, we're going to sell it to you, but you can compete with us. Um, so there is that chance that you can still be part of what they're doing. Are there shopping experiences that your kids love or that you love that are not e-commerce based? And can you tell me why it is that you love Yeah, them? I mean, my, it, it's funny, my, my kids are in an Amazon world. So mom, get it on Amazon, mom, get it on Amazon. And I open up the phone, I get it on Amazon and then they just see a box that shows up and it's like magic to them. They don't even have a connection between where that product came from and, and who put it in the box and who got it here. And, you know, all they care about is opening, ripping open the box and getting whatever that thing is out. But then there are times that they do want an experience. And we were in the um, airport the other night. My eight-year-old is a uh, aviation fanatic. Um, I mean, obsessed. And we were uh, in one of those little, you know, shops they have in the airport and he wanted to buy the United uh, plane set. Um, which I thought would be discounted, but it turns out it wasn't. And um, uh, I said, you know, buddy, I'll, I'll, I'm happy to get that for you, but I can get it for half that price on Amazon. So why don't I just order it? It'll be there when we get home. And he's like, no, he wants it now. He wants it now. And I said, well, that's silly. It'll be there when we get home and I, I can pay half for it. And he said, it's not the same as buying it at the airport. And I loved that. I thought that was so cool because he's right. Like it's it, it's not a now thing for him. It was like the experience of saying that he got it at the airport and he's eight. And I think we all feel that way that when I actually walk into a regular store and go shopping for whatever, whether it's groceries or clothes, it's a it's a whole sensory experience. And, you know, when, when you put your credit card across the the table, you've, you know, you've tried it on or you've smelled it or you've touched it and you've, you've had a little bit of an emotional connection with who told you to buy it or who serviced you at the store and you saw real people and you get a pretty bag and, you know, all of that goes away. And um, I think that's a little sad and maybe that's me being nostalgic. I, I don't know, but I, I do think and I love that my youngest was feeling a little bit of that, you know, that still wanted to have that shopping experience. Because I think if we just start pushing a button on our phone, we, we just become like hoarders of stuff. Well, we, I think it's a really good point. I mean, to talk about some of our shopping experiences that we have as consumers, but then I think what we're trying to do here in this conversation is connect the experience that we so love as consumers, and many of us love that e-commerce experience on Amazon, but how can we connect that to the B two B wholesale customizable promotional products business like that's that's really the, what we're getting at here, and I, I, I you know it's interesting I asked you a question about about your kids Sam so they were of course at the office the right sleeve office um, just a few days ago and they were walking around the showroom and I'm sure that they've seen this showrooms in the past given that you're you're their mom and you've been in the industry for some time but it was interesting watching them walk around the showroom and you'd think that for kids that have grown up in the promotional industry that they would think it was totally boring <laughs> and they were like kids in a candy store and i thought this was like so interesting like oh look at this like they God. were just mesmerized and, by everything and, and, yeah and i was um i just thought that that was interesting right like maybe yeah. they were putting on an act but no. at the end of the day i just <laughs> thought that was interesting and what i was seeing there was that kind of emotional connection that you wouldn't get on a site like Amazon, but you're able to get when you see it in person. And if you're at a distributorship with a showroom with cool products, presumably you've got a 
a really intelligent salesperson that is adding value beyond just the product and like you imagine oh, this and how totally. about coupling it with this and let's talk about your marketing objective and to me as much as I'm not trying to put my head in the sand about the threat of Amazon because I am a little worried about them but I also know that they're not structured to to do anything like what I just described before in terms of that experience of walking through seeing stuff in person talking about marketing challenges really promoting that emotional connection yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I feel that that's an entirely different business that's also really really big and also growing uh, just like the e-commerce spaces and and I, I think my point is pick the business you want to be in if you want to be in the e-commerce business then have at it but if you want to be in this other business that's on the other side of the fence then you can have it that as well where Amazon is less less of a threat they're not a zero threat but they're certainly less of a threat yeah no and, and you know think about makes me think about the businesses that you that would be Amazon proof you know that there's no way Amazon could touch, right? I mean, it's not like, you know, the massage therapy business is worried about Amazon. I mean, there's just, there's, <laughs> I mean, I don't know, maybe, but I mean, there's a lot of things out there. And if you think about what they are, there are things that offer experiences, right? Like Disney World doesn't need to worry about Amazon or, you yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so High margin. Yeah, well, we, we, we can offer those experiences. I mean, I think my kids were just like so excited. They would have stayed in that showroom for two hours if I let them. And, um, you know, Amazon is really good when you know exactly what you want and you type it in and then you receive it. But you can't change the dynamics, you know, when you have sitting in front of a, a client and you're learning about what they have and you're looking at their marketing calendar and you're offering ideas. I think about, you know, when you go search for a product in our industry through a search engine and you know what you, you think you know what you want, but that is only half of it. What about leveraging all of the suppliers and the sales reps that you know so well? And, you know, like, you know, on our platform, we have Collaborate, you can actually inter interact with the suppliers and get their feedback. And all of a sudden, instead of offering something, two or three items you thought your customer would want, you're getting all this other stuff that you didn't even really think about. And now you're really blowing up the creativity and how appreciative your customer is um, when they know that you really cared to listen to them and try to solve a problem. Amazon can't solve that at all. So I think it's the distributorships that create that experience and that allow for that discussion to happen so that when the person leaves the meeting, the, the end user is going, wow, like that's really my guy. That's my girl. Like she helped me out of this jam. Sam, you have extensive experience as a supplier in the apparel space. How, how would a supplier process this news? I, I think it's going to hurt the supplier side potentially more than the distributor side, because I think the distributor still has a lot of uniqueness they can bring to their customer that Amazon cannot compete on. You know, having that interaction, being able to um, generate ideas and concepts and, and understand where the end user is trying to go and trying to accomplish. And a lot of that still has to happen with some creativity and, and dialogue, but the supplier, you know, especially a commodity supplier, I think is going to, um, going to suffer here because Amazon has direct access to those commodities cheaper than they probably do. And if they can cut the supplier out and go direct to the end user, then on the commodity supply chain, I think, I think it will probably suffer. If an apparel manufacturer is doing more custom, um, things that are a little bit more uh, unique, um, I think on that side, the supplier will, will probably be okay. But the biggest issues that apparel suppliers face today is inventory. It's the number one problem. It's kind of a, kind of a crappy business if you think about it, because the more they sell, the more they have to buy. And so 
from a margin standpoint, it becomes very difficult for a supplier to anticipate what is going to sell, what's needed in Amazon with this release, seems to kind of solve a little bit of that. They're sort of saying, we don't need to know in the future, we need to know right now what you need. Let's continue this thought. Because this won't be the last time we hear of some major disruptor enter the industry. It's happened with Alibaba. It's happened with Amazon. And for me, I kind of get fatigued by all the fear-based um, sword rattling that goes on anytime any big name sort of gets close. Because when you look back at the history of the industry and you see the disruption that has occurred with folks like um, For Imprint or with folks like Staples, and you see that the fairly, in the grand scheme of things, a fairly minor dent they put in the industry itself. And you could argue, like Norm Hollinger argued uh, from the stage at PPAI Expo, that this industry does not need disruption. Um, now, that's a pretty bold claim. He also said we shouldn't be, you know, fools. We should be vigilant and aware. But my passion here is for the distributor who's constantly processing news like this. How do we, as a distributor today, protect ourselves from disruption? How do we protect ourselves from the next big bad news that comes down the pike? What do we do different in our business today to protect ourselves from disruption? So let's say it really does come and disruption is imminent. How do we protect ourselves? Mark, let's start with you and then we'll move to Sam. So I, I, I do agree with your comment that every time there is some kind of tectonic shift uh, or external threat, um, there, there's a lot of people or maybe certain kinds of people within the industry that get really worried and then I, I think that some of them may even justify their existence by just talking about it and it may be present company included <laughs> um, but but at least I would hope that we are taking a you know a somewhat uh, inquisitive and curious uh, approach to this um, so I was going to agree with with that point um, if I speak from my distributor experience uh, from the very beginning of when the company was started, you know, 15, 16 years ago, uh, the, the, my mindset and the team's mindset has always been to be, to, to be thinking about how it is that we can be adding maximum value and providing an incredible customer experience for the people that work with the firm. And whether that's using technology, whether that's using design, whether that's using innovative product sourcing, whether that's using um, great marketing and branding, um, whatever those things are, we, we always knew that if we could double down in the things that were inherent to how it is that we did business and the things that w came naturally to us, then we knew that that would always put us a few steps ahead of whatever competitor we were dealing with. Now, to suggest that we don't have competition and don't look at the competition is, is not what I'm suggesting. I mean, we lose business all the time to other competitors who may have a sharper pencil or, or who may offer a better experience to their customer. But but the bottom line is, is that I, I would say the same thing to an Amazon threat. I would say the same thing to a four imprint uh, threat. I would say the same thing to an Alibaba threat. I would say the same thing to a threat that may have faced me 20 years ago when getting started mm -hmm. is that None of that stuff really matters if you have tuned your business 
to offer an incredible experience and drive maximum value to your customers. And at the end of the day, that's what's most important. I could care less about Amazon, but I could certainly care about them if I knew that we were not in tune with our customers' needs, in tune with the market, and in tune with what made us a true competitive force within the marketplace. Good thoughts. Sam, what do you think? Um, I, I think there's been a lot of industries that have felt these threats and fears in the past. And um, the one that I bring up is, you know, we've talked about it before, but you know, the advertising agency world. And if you look at what they were built upon and what they were designed to do, the majority of the products that they build for, for the last, you know, 150 years don't exist really. Um, they've become a minuscule part of what they do. Um, so people aren't really buying you know, radio airspace or um, commercial space or print ads um, the way that they did. And those those uh, those houses in Ma Madison Avenue were built on that. And they've had to, to pivot themselves and, and retool. Um, and the beauty about why they do so well is because they are they have been able to charge for their creativity and their time. And so what they sell is not as important as the fact that they sell the expertise behind it. And the trust and the con and the consultation, and if our industry doesn't do that, then we won't survive. So I think um, it's going to be the distributors and the suppliers that understand. Okay, let's let's evolve, let's retool, let's take a look at every single part of our operational process. Let's streamline what we do. Let's do what we do really well. Build trust with our customers. Give our customers that special experience, and then fill the toolbox with whatever tool makes sense for them at the time. Um, it's a shame that we don't sell our creativity and our time because you know so many distributorships are so good at it and they work so hard at, at, at yeah. coming up with concepts and ideas and and they're not just selling a product. And then at the end, they ha there's the only thing they're billing for is a product. Um, and so I, I, I think if we can evolve the way we saw the ad agency world evolve and we can start to get some... Uh, more credibility there. I think we'll be will be as disruption proof as possible. Um, Amazon is absolutely a disruptor. They've gone you know, you know very very hard into the B two B space. Whether it's office supplies, janitorial supplies, promotional products industry, they're here. They're not a fad. They're not going anywhere. So every distributorship out there just needs to say, how am I delighting my customers? How am I showing off my creativity? Um, how am I making a special connection? with my customers because those are the things that Amazon cannot do and will never do. To summarize both your thoughts and to get this really tactical for distributors then, you're both highlighting the fact that these were emotional experiences. We don't think of emotion enough in the B2B space. But everything we've talked about has been intimate, tribal, and emotional. And so a question you can ask yourself as a distributor is, what types of emotional experiences am I creating for my customers? What is the buying experience like? What frictional processes am, am I removing so that I can have a more pleasurable, more enjoyable experience? And what, what is that experience? What are they experiencing when they purchase from you? Seth Godin says, solve more problems for your customers. So at the end of the day, no matter what news hits the industry, whether it's Alibaba, Amazon, Staples, for imprint. If you are solving more and more problems for your customers, then you will be less impacted by disruption. And plus, distributors sell purpose. Suppliers sell product. 
And the closer you can get to delivering on the purpose and to highlighting the purpose of what it is that you do, the less disrupted you can be. I love that Mark brought up the kids in the office. If you can get your customers to see and touch and smell and 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 feel, see the vision yeah. of what this product could transform into as part of a bigger picture, and um, it's I don't think that customer would ever go, oh well, I'm going to go see if Amazon can do that. There's no comparison. I still maintain it doesn't matter if you're a supplier or if you're a distributor, but if you're solving really big problems for your customers, then you're going to have a customer for life. Great thoughts. Guys, thanks for joining today on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Bobby. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of SKUcast. Be sure to keep up with our latest content by subscribing to SKUcast on iTunes or to our blog at community.commonsku.com. Until next time, friends. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you.